Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Chris. You're listening to Tales from the Tar Heel State. Hope everybody's doing all right this week. How the fuck are you? Um, hope everybody's good. Um, I'm tired and sore. Feel like an old man right now. Was up on a uh, a big old building trying to clean the gutters out and stuff. It's a big flat top place about the size of a grocery store. Uh, like like the size of a you know a big chain grocery store like a food line or something. If you're uh, Harris Teeter, uh, Wegmans, maybe something like that. Maybe not that fucking big. Not as big as a Walmart. You know what I'm saying? Um, but not as small as like a, a little small convenience store. But um, so yeah, I was up there working on that place, doing some cleaning up around there, and uh, trying to help out as much as I can around that shop when there's uh, at that wood shop. You know, if there's nobody there, I don't really know shit. They usually, you know, they try to give me some work and stuff I can do around there when there ain't nobody there. Because I don't know how to run any of that equipment, really. So, um, and most of it, you need two people to operate anyway. So, um, so yeah, what's been going on? How is everybody? Hope everybody's doing good. Um, Tar Heels got the shit kicked out of them last night. Boy, that was hard to watch. Um, yeah, that was a tough game, man. I tell you, we go from shooting well to shooting really bad. I don't know what's going on, man. Uh, and Leaky Black said we got to get learn how to get fired up for the games. Something like that. But, uh, so yeah, man, what's going on? Um, shit, man, what is going on? We got oh, saw their the the bobsled team for the Olympics. Apparently, the they're being made in North Carolina or something from some state grad. So congratulations to him on getting that big uh, that big fat contract. I'm sure that was uh, lucrative. Um, at least I hope it was. Hope he worked that out well for you. Um, not just for the exposure, you know what I'm saying? A lot of places will try to get you like that. Companies in general will take advantage of you if you can, man, especially if you don't know what in the hell you're doing. Somebody like me, I'm taking advantage of plenty of times. Um, but you know, that shit will happen. But, um, yeah, so I saw that, um, up in Virginia, I was looking... I just thought about, you know, what kind of jobs that they got going on up there in the marijuana industry since that's uh, getting ready to change up there. And so I was looking that up, and uh, all the places I saw that were hiring seemed to be, you know, either all the way in, like, uh, Charlottesville, Richmond, places like that, um, or else they were really far away from North Carolina border. So, um, But I thought it would be interesting to see what kind of jobs they had in that field. And a lot of them were, you know, starting out pretty low, but they had some sales, area sales jobs that were relatively well-paying. Um, but, yeah, I was just curious to see, see what there was there. And um, so within that, I saw that they're talking about changing the uh, sales of recreational marijuana, about uh, letting the uh, medical dispensaries go ahead and start selling recreational this coming September, which would be just in time for my birthday, um, which would be fucking really cool. I would love to be able to drive up into Virginia at my birthday and uh, pick up some legal weed and, you know, get stoned to the, stoned to the bone, to the bone. 
I'd jump his bones. <laughs> I don't know if any of y'all ever saw that shit. That was a, uh, it was like a documentary they did about uh, like heavy metal parking lot or some shit in the eighties, and uh, it was hilarious. It was at a Judas Priest concert, and they go up to this girl in the parking lot, and they're like asking her, you know, what would you do if you saw Rob Half right now? She was like, I jump his bones. It's like he's super gay. It's so goddamn funny. Every time I watch that, it makes me laugh like hell. I was like, honey, if you jumped his bones, he'd be like, uh, yeah. Sorry, darling. Sorry. Sorry, darling. You don't do it for me. It's not my bag, baby. Um, <laughs> uh, so anyways, yeah, I thought that, uh, that was pretty cool about the whole weed thing, man. That would be real, real cool. Real, real cool, man. And, um, yeah, speaking of real cool, man, um, with that term, cool, I was, um, I don't know what got me on it. I guess I was thinking about, um, you know, it's it's Black History Month this month, and uh, obviously I'm not a black dude. In case y'all couldn't tell, I sound pretty fucking white. Um, yeah, I thought about the um, thought about a book, man, and that book is not written by a black fellow. It's uh, written by Jack Kerouac. It's uh, on the road. Now, I read that book the first time. A copy I have, I bought. It's a 1991 edition, so you know I was about 18, and uh, I picked that up. Because I'd already read like Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, and um, you know that was like tenth grade. I read that, and so I was like, you know, where did where did all those guys get their inspiration from? And it was like the Beatniks and shit. So I read on the road, and I read it twice because it's you know it was, I wasn't that old, and it was a lot to to kind of grasp what they're talking about sometimes in there. But uh, something I I picked up really quickly when I was reading it was all of the uh, lingo they're using. Um, came, you know, they're going to see like Coltrane and all these cats playing and um, the city and shit when they're in New York and Birdland and everything. And uh, so, yeah, some of the terms they would use like cool and dig, dig him, man, and blow, man, blow, and all that kind of shit. And they said sweet. And uh, there was a lot of, a lot of things like that that they said that, that, that I've picked up on throughout that book. And uh, it was interesting. Um, to think about that and how uh, those were like <laughs> real liberal-minded white dudes picking up on that shit because they were hanging out. And uh, so they started picking up on that lingo. And then, you know, we still use that lingo today. Like people still say cool and man and sweet and uh, all that shit, which is, is funny. So, uh, you know, even uh, white people use those words all the time and, even racist guys probably use those words and have no idea that that, that those terms come from um, the bebop artists and shit and white dudes picking that shit up from them because they thought they were real cool, man. You know, and they smoked weed and they get the fucking reefer madness shit, the fucking white kids wanting to, you know, hang out with the black kids and, and dance all wild and smoke the reefers, man. Fucking reefer fucking madness, man. Which is fucking hilarious if you've never seen that shit. Which, in case you don't know, that was propaganda by uh, William Randolph Hearst, which was the inspiration for Citizen Kane. And, uh, yeah, William Randolph Hearst owned a bunch of paper mills and, uh, cause he, and he owned a bunch of timber. And he didn't want uh, paper being made out of hemp. 
So that's why they made that shit illegal. Just a little bit of knowledge for y'all. In case you did not know that, um, throwing that in there along with the Black History Month, a little lesson for y'all that even if you don't think your culture has been uh, shaped by, if you're a white dude in the United States, you, you, you've you still been touched by the culture of black folks, man. You don't even fucking know it, and you were probably. So, um, yeah, you know, think about that for a minute if you're uh, some racist motherfucker. And, uh, you know, think about that shit for a minute. Go on, marinate on that for a minute, motherfuckers. Oh, and check this out. I was, <laughs> as I was uh, scrolling through on the on the road and stuff and looking for some of those words that I'd remembered reading just to make sure I wasn't just remembering that wrong because, you know, memory's a motherfucker. I can, uh, can really fool you. But uh, I was tripped out, man. I was reading in there, and um, Dean and Sal, which are like, you know, the two main characters, Sal Paradise and uh, Dean Moriarty. And Sal is... Um, Exactly, you know, it's Jack Kerouac, and uh, Dean Moriarty is uh, Cassidy, Neil Cassidy, um, of Grateful Dead fame and all that shit. You know, driving that train, high on cocaine, Casey Jones better stop that, you know, all that shit. Anyhow, so they're uh, driving along and they pick up this fucking hitchhiker, and this young kid is telling them about um, his aunt, and she's got a little grocery store, and it's in Dunn, North Carolina. And that's D-U-N-N, -N, not B-U-N-N. Like where my beloved wife is from, but done um, where I went to Christian summer camp once when I was about the I think between sixth and seventh grade that summer, and um, there's a drag strip there if you're into drag racing. Like you know, I like that shit. Shout out to Cleus McFarland if you like. Check that out on YouTube if you like drag racing. Um, so anyway, there uh, he's they they and and they mentioned Dunn, North Carolina, which then they say is down near Fayetteville, and so they go there and uh, yeah, it turns out the kid was full of shit. <laughs> there really was a little grocery store there, but he, he didn't have an aunt. There wasn't his aunt's grocery store, no shit like that. And they were just going there to score a couple bucks off the kid's aunt to try to get some gas money, and so then they uh, they bought the kid a hot dog and fucking leave him there. Um, you know, Dean telling. Sal, of course. So, I mean, we got to have fucking somebody that can pay some gas money to ride, brother. We can't fucking be driving this kid around for free. Ass, grass, or gas, motherfucker. That shit ain't never changed. You know what I'm talking about. Um, but, um, so yeah, what else was I going to talk about today? Oh, I was listening to Bridget Fetessy's Dumpster Fire. She's a pretty funny comedian. She's got a channel on YouTube. And I got a thing for dark-haired you know, girls with good sense of humor and big tits. Shout-out to Double T. She knows who she is. And um, anyway, she had uh, her husband's, all, you know, he's like one of the producers. He's off camera, and she's you know talking about how he loves these sheath underwear. Now, I don't have an advertisement with sheath underwear, but I sure would like to get one. It would make me, uh, nothing would make me happier than to to have a uh, some underwear with a dick hole in them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on, man. This is the weirdest shit ever. And that was a Dave Chappelle line, by the way. That that's not my line. Well, that's a funny fucking line. And uh these underwear don't have a fly. They got a a pouch for your nuts and then a pouch for your dick to go in. And I was like, damn, if you got a little bitty dick, that's triggering a lot of people out there, man. What if you're a uh, you know, you're a grower, not a shower? You know, how are you gonna put your 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 turtle head down in a separate pouch that's just like then you just got a wad of extra 
You got an extra wad of fucking fabric down there rubbing up on your fucking shit. And, you know, even if you ain't got a big dick, you don't want that. It's not That's not cool, man. Um, so I don't know about this sheath underwear shit. Now, if you want me to sponsor y'all or you want to prove me wrong, y'all send me some fucking sheath underwear. Or sponsor me. I'll fucking talk about it. Um, I'll talk about how wrong I was and how they're the best fucking underwear I've ever worn in my life if you fucking send me some free draws. Because ain't nothing better than free draws. You know what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> and that's a free advertisement. Listen to that shit. Come on, motherfuckers. I got to quit doing this shit for free. I don't, I'm a doofus. I don't know why I do that. Um, I don't know if any of y'all heard of this comedian chick, by the way. Um, Heather McDonald. She went down hard on stage. I hope she's all right. She cracked her skull on stage. I saw uh, footage of that on that Bridget, Bridget Fetis's, uh podcast, I think it was, maybe. Or no, no, it was on Jimmy Dore's podcast. No, Jimmy Dore's show on YouTube. That's what it was. But it's been around. It's been they've been showing it a lot, and it was interesting because Bob Saget apparently bumped his head. Uh, they say or something before he went to sleep, and um, and she fell out. And that, right after she was saying that she'd been like double vaxxed and had all these vaccines and stuff, and then, but then she's like, it's like almost like Jesus uh, smote her. She said. Uh, so obviously Jesus loves me best. And she right after she said that, she did this crazy little jig dance type thing. It looked like she was having a seizure. She said she fainted, but I've seen a bunch of people faint and that did not look like she fainted. It looked like she had a crazy seizure. Um but hopefully she's okay. It was fucking wild to see. It looked like her eyes kind of rolled back. It was fucking wild, man. Um But yeah, hopefully she's all right. Um but anyways, the bumping, the whole, the, all of this made me, I haven't heard anybody say this, but, you know, when we were kids, that there's there's songs that, that, that we get taught, and the reason we get taught these things, it must, I'm assuming because they were real, and that it happened a lot, and that we maybe we forget these little uh, tales that are there to teach us something, but... Um, it's raining, it's pouring, the old man is snoring. He went to bed, or he bumped his head and went to, bumped his head and went to bed and didn't get up in the morning. What the fuck? That shit right there. Don't fucking bump your head and then go lay down, yeah? I mean, I remember when I was a kid falling and landing on my big noggin. Being like, don't go to sleep, Chris. You have to stay awake. Go sit up on the, you can't go lay down. I don't care if you're tired. Um, you know, that's one of the things that we learned a long fucking time ago. That's why they make those little songs to remind people of that kind of stupid shit. And, um, yeah, fucking, there's a lot of that shit, like, uh, myths and stuff. Um, you know, there aren't necessarily all myth. It could be ways that, uh, apparently some, uh, ancient peoples might've been trying to explain to people about goddamn meteor shower coming and hitting the fucking earth. Something about, uh, I was listening to Randall Carlson talking about this shit one time on Joe Rogan's podcast, and he was saying that about the Pleiades and a shower of fucking coming from down and lighting the earth on fire. I mean, and if you don't know about that shit hitting the, in Siberia, I think in 1908, um, it exploded in the air above the ground. Um, you know, it was a fucking meteor, or, uh, I guess it's a meteorite, meteor. I'm not sure what it is. I guess it's asteroid when it's in space. That's right. Meteor when it comes crashing in. And um, this exploded above ground, and luckily it happened out in the middle of nowhere, which is uh, very, very fortunate for everyone involved, or not involved, rather. Um, 
don't know where the hell it's going with that, man. It was some good weed <laughs> uh, burnt before this. Holy shit. Um, <laughs> damn it, man. All right. So what else was I going to talk about today? Um, oh, I, oh, I wanted to point out, I was just watching all this shit playing out on TV these days. Just so much crazy shit going on and um, with the censorship and just crazy shit. And I... I had to write this kind of shit down because I can't, I'll think of it and I can't, you know, just say this shit on the fly, but I was, let me read this, see if it sounds fucking horrible. It's making my mouth dry as hell. That seltzer water, by the way, still not drinking. Uh, That's a blueberry pomegranate. Sorry about that burp. I was thinking uh, it's very easy to be fooled by word trickery. Um, the word trickery of a team of people that are, you know, telling you, telling a cat that's got cue cards and an earpiece what to say. And, um, you know, if you're not really paying attention to what the fuck they're saying, you can easily be misled. You know, it's important to remember to stop and think about, you know, what they're saying and think about it from another perspective. Um, especially if what they're telling you is really, really fucking easy to connect to. Um, there's a reason why that they do that shit. And, Think about what they said and think about it from another perspective and figure that, you know, somewhere in the middle there is uh, probably the truth. So, um, yeah, that's, I just wanted to write, I had to write that shit down so I don't forget about it um, because I won't remember when I'm just sitting in here blathering about because uh, obviously I don't rehearse this or anything. I just, I write down a bunch of shit I want to talk about and, uh, Usually do a couple bong hits, and then I come out here and I sit down and, uh, you know, just run my fucking mouth. Get all this shit out of my stupid head that I think about that pops in and out when I'm just doing whatever I'm doing throughout the day. And, um, yeah, it's fucking, uh, it's good for me. I hope, you know, you guys are getting some entertainment out of it and uh, hopefully maybe even learning something or give you something to fucking think about. Um in fact, I want to read a little uh, bit out. This is There's a quote that is often, um, I've heard Lex Friedman do this quote on his podcast, and I loved it so much that uh, I was like, wow, that's so good. I forgot what a fucking awesome line that is, especially because it's near the beginning of uh, On the Road. I'm going to bring it back to that. I, know I talked about that a little while ago, and I'm going to bring this back, but I'm going to read this a little bit longer than what it, you know, people give you the really pretty shot of it, but I thought it would be better if it was, give it a little bit of context. It's only about, it's um, just slightly over half a page, so it's not that long. Um, I'm about to sneeze. All right, so I caught that sneeze, and, uh, well, actually, I sneezed a couple times, but now I'm I'm going to... um, start this whole reading over because I wasn't happy with how that turned out the first time through. So um, let's see if I can pull this off a little bit better this time. All right, again, this is on page eight. All right, here we go. The whole mad swirl of everything that was to come began then. It would mix up all my friends and all I had left of my family in a big dust cloud over the American night. Carlo told him of Old Bull Lee, Elmer Hassel, Jane. Lee in Texas growing weed, Hassel on Rikers Island. Jane wandering in Times Square in a benzedrine hallucination with her baby in her arms, ending up in Bellevue. 
Dean told Carlo of unknown people in the West like Tommy Snart, a club-footed pool hall rotation shark and card player and queer saint. He told him of Roy Johnson, Big Ed Dunkel, his boyhood buddies, his street buddies, his innumerable girls and sex parties and pornographic pictures, his heroes, heroines, adventures. They rushed down the street together, digging everything in the early way they had, which later became so much sadder and perceptive and blank. Then they danced down the streets like dingle doties, and I shambled after, as I've been doing after people all my life that interest me. Because the only ones for me are the mad ones. The ones who are mad to live, mad to talk, mad to be saved, desirous of everything at the same time. The ones who never yawn or say a commonplace thing, but burn, burn, burn like fabulous Roman candles exploding like spiders across the stars. And in the middle, you see the blue center light pop. And everybody goes, ah. All right, everybody. Have a good weekend. Thanks for listening.